You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 200 of the Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. And we have a really special episode today. It's like the the passing of the guard, the changing of seasons. We're moving on to to phase two of the MCU. Or the D... See you. All right, anyway, um, and with the metaverse me, is right with me to celebrate this momentous occasion. Um, and for the next episode, perhaps I mean, not perhaps for sure, we've got lots of plans, but um, we've got a returnee, which is fitting for episode 200, this sort of reunion. Aaron Armstrong, folks, <laughs> how you doing? Uh, I'm great, man. Uh, thanks for having me again. Uh, it feels great to be back. Uh, just uh, mean. Uh, let me just be clear. It's, it's not that uh, I don't like being here. It's just that I really can't get the time to participate in the podcast uh, due to my workload and like my uh, line of work, uh, shall we say? So uh, it's all. It's always great to uh, be here with you and do this podcast, man. So thank you. Yeah course um no and, and i wanted to do something special for the next couple of episodes um one uh, this 200th episode it's sort of like the closing of a chapter i wanted to get a lot of uh, old voices back on uh we've got a segment from khan as well uh, i've got at least one of my scottish twins um uh giving us their sort of feedback on the season and everything as well mm-hmm. so it's kind of we're like wrapping up this first segment of the season and and you know um doing it with the old group and in our next episode we have a really special surprise for you all and i won't go too far into that because i want us to just sort of uh, move along here but yeah it'll be sort of like i said phase two lots of new voices on the episode uh but so anyway uh it's great to have aaron on we're gonna talk traps on here quickly um aaron before we dig into the match itself i guess we'll like set it up so the lineup, right? We had Ersin Destanolu in goal, Wellington and Vida on the back line, Umut Medash and Valentin Rosier on the flanks, Joseph de Souza, Alex Teixeira, and Pjanic in the midfield, sort of the ideal three on paper. Uh, Rashid Gizal on one wing, Kyle Land on the other. So far, so good, right? But then, Guven Yalcin <laughs> up front. Um, thoughts on the lineup? Uh, well, um... I mean, uh, technically, uh, I mean, most people will uh, agree with me when I say this, but I think we fielded uh, the best possible lineup uh, we, we could have picked, you know, like uh, given that like Batshuayi was out with an injury mm-hmm. and uh, people like, like most people think that uh, Pjanic and Teixeira should be playing no matter what and um, Umut Merash, uh, just did a 
brilliant job against Galatasaray, so uh, he had to start this game mm-hmm. uh, over Ridvan perhaps. And obviously we have uh, Larin, uh, who's our uh, most informed scorer at the moment. And uh, our uh, defend, defender tandem, defense tandem, uh, shall we say, yeah. um, uh, in Vida and Valentin. Uh, I mean, uh, hands down, like I personally agree that like it was the best line that we could have fielded as well. Yeah. But I mean, uh, not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it works out uh, the way you plan it out. So that's um, right. We'll get into that, but like uh, I believe that like a pregame uh, when I saw the. Uh, starting 11 I thought that like okay uh, Sagan did a good job in picking uh, the correct lineup uh, but uh, sadly uh, our tactics and our approach to the game didn't really reflect our ambition uh, yeah well, uh, in, and just to sort of in the player picks you know yeah, yeah. exactly well, and just to wrap up the whole the, the lineup talk mm-hmm. um, I actually think that one sort of funny aspect of it is that so like all season long Mishi Bachuai was healthy and kind of just like alone up there while everybody else was injured and in and out and there's all this turmoil behind him basically and so he was sort of waiting for chances and then for like two matches he finally had that support behind him and like it's like he didn't know what to do with those chances and then of course finally the whole team is back and the one piece missing now is him the guy <laughs> who had been up there kind of waiting for everyone else to arrive <laughs> for like the last month or so so uh i, I feel bad for for Bachuai. He, i mean it, do you know as far as his injury like is is his return he'll be back after the break right yes yes that's what's expected at least i mean if there are not further complications I uh, should be coming back and uh, hopefully we'll uh, <laughs> avoid further injuries yeah. and uh, uh, we'll be able to uh, see the team yeah. that we really want to uh, be seeing, you know. Um, the thing is that, like, uh, as you mentioned, we've uh, battled uh, with injuries so far this season. Like, we've been battling with injuries and uh, it, it's not been really good for us. Uh, we, we, we just, like... Uh, in that in in that context, like we're unable to uh, find our rhythm by playing uh, the necessary players together, yeah. and they weren't able to like. We're still a new team. We signed a lot of new players. Yeah, and I feel like uh, they've played like, maybe like twice. Like as yeah, I mean all together. Like in terms of minutes, like they didn't play that much. Uh, I mean, our, our, okay, the Malatis four game was. Uh, first game they that played all together and like was a brilliant performance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like we looked like a proper unit in that game and like uh, the second half of the Antalya sport game as well uh, when we managed to turn it around from 2-0 uh, all, all of our players bar Teixeira I think uh, were playing and uh, we really put in that performance um, it's a matter of like getting used to it and like we, we weren't able to um, play uh, as many minutes as we would have preferred in terms of uh, finding our rhythm yeah so uh, it, it will be a challenge for us in the upcoming games for sure and hopefully we'll be able to avoid injuries and uh, we'll be able to see that yeah I mean one one funny another funny aspect I'm, I guess I'm the light-hearted the good cop um, but no uh, it's it's funny how typically international break especially like last season every international break was like we'd all be holding our breath like are we gonna survive this one like because this guy might get injured or that in this case this whole season it's like we're like oh thank god we have an international break like x y this guy or that guy or whoever can finally recover like it's been uh it's it's like the exact inverse of last season there we go but 
Anyway, um, let me quickly wrap it up uh, by talking about Trabzonspor's lineup. Uh, they, of course, had Urjan in, in their goal. They had Vitor Hugo on the back line next to Hussein Turkmen. Uh, Dorukan Tokos on the right side of the defense with Anders Tronsen on the left, uh, their new Norwegian. Um, Perat Uzdemir next to Marek Hamšík in the middle of their midfield with uh, Anastasios Bakasetas ahead of them. Probably the, the transfer of the year if, if we include last uh, January in it. Uh, and then of course Abdul Kadir Omur uh, on the right wing with Anthony Nwakaame on the left wing. And Janini up front, the Cap Verdean striker. Um, no surprises, right? Uh, actually, like uh, there were, uh, I was kind of surprised to see uh, um, them playing without Siopsis, uh, oh, yeah, picking Siopsis, and also uh, their uh, the usual tandem was out. Like uh, I think Edgaria was injured, so they had yeah. to play Hussein, and. Sure. That's uh, low key uh, one of the reasons that we were able to score uh, <laughs> in that in that mistake. But we'll get to that. I mean, like their lineup um, was surprising in a few ways. But uh, Algi did initiate a brilliant tactic, and uh, it worked out just fine against us. And its changes uh, kind of reflected that tactical approach as well. And like uh, that's pretty much how they managed to score the winning goal. Uh, we're going to talk about that in detail in a bit, but uh, I mean, with regards to that lineup, I was expecting us to um, utilize Laren uh, since uh, Dorukan is a makeshift right back. Okay, he played as a right back uh, during his Eskisher sport days, but he's not really a uh, right back per se. Uh, he didn't play as a right back for us that much. I mean, he was just uh, more of a. He was more of a. Uh, defensive midfielder or essential midfielder for us uh, and uh, when it comes to Hussein okay he, he's, a, he's a defender but he's certainly not as good as Hugo or uh, Edgar Yeh uh, and uh, given that uh, neither of them are really effective uh, airily I was expecting Larin uh, I was expecting us to uh, just whip in a lot of crosses and try to find Larin uh, on the air since he's very, really, really effective, uh, but uh, we really couldn't get it done. Uh, not just uh, due to the reason that we didn't try to do it, but uh, also they managed to shut down a right flank uh, through a uh, specific approach. I mean, mm -hmm. Hamšík was rotating a lot, and Berat was covering half space a lot, so. Mm -hmm. I mean, in that aspect, we're unable to utilize Latin uh, airily. Yeah, and just for, for context, if anyone doesn't know, um, Dodokan has been playing as the right back for Trabzon for a little while now because Bruno Perez had been injured. Uh, and he's still injured, I believe, mm -hmm. although I think he's sort of on the mend. With that said, I actually, I think Dodokan has done well enough that they might uh, kind of... I, yeah, you know, also, now, with, you know, you need the three Turks in there at all yeah. times. So yeah, I exactly. Like I was just going to say that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I feel like that's uh, and, and I, I do recall thinking he should play. He should have been our, our sort of sent, second right back behind Rosier, um, rather than like Nedjip, which never seems to work <laughs> out. But anyway, um, so into the match. Uh, first of all, the, I'm just going to talk about major events. I'm not going to go through every every chance like we typically do because I want to focus on the sort of 
fun reunion 200th episode stuff and not dwell on this one <laughs> we all know how this went we all know why this is delayed um so uh first of all Bacacetas went down injured in the 31st minute Siopis did come in um yeah I mean uh, actually it was really good for us like given that <laughs> Bacacetas is their best player at the moment and he was just balling I mean he's he's on track to become the player of the season and uh I was really happy to like no offense to Trabzon Sport fans but here but like I was really happy to see him go off well and plus it was but, clear it wasn't like a serious injury yeah but but the offices came in and uh they were able to um uh kind of utilize this uh midfield p- pivot between uh Berat and Siopsis by pushing Hamsik forward and then Hamsik was able to spray balls afterwards yeah. and that's how we conceded the first goal yeah and so yeah, yeah I mean there we go yeah so 39th minute first Dorokan got himself a yellow card Siopsis got himself a yellow card in the 41st but then as you said in the 45th minute um, Abdul Qadir would score a goal um, yeah I mean a little note there um, this year I don't like uh, the fact that we we're just forcing this uh, high defensive line like we did last year i mean it, it's just not working and we were not able to um just okay like last year uh we would utilize this uh high defensive line with vida and wellington they would be able to cut a lot of balls a lot of long balls as well so uh we would ju- we would be just uh, uh initiating attacks over and over like, sort of this uh, with sort of this rebound effect right um, but this year, um, teams have found a way uh, to exploit it uh, in the way that we've seen uh, with Hamsik. Uh, once they're like, once once uh, a technical player uh, gathers the ball in that zone, uh, he can find pockets behind a defense with uh, shock runs made by uh, different players. I mean, that's what happened against Antalya Sport, that's what happens uh, in Trabzon Sport, in the Trabzon Sport game as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, we had... here, that was like... They exactly, like exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, with Visca run uh, behind the defense, but yeah, I mean, uh, we have to find a different way with this lineup, with um, our players and our uh, fullbacks pushing forward a lot, uh, we're giving a lot of space on the flanks. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Yeah. It's just not working, and like uh, I'll get uh, I'll get into that later on. But yeah, we'll uh, that's one right. of the that's one of the things that I criticize Sergan for a lot this season. Yeah, he's been. Um, well, we'll talk about it later because there's there's a lot to talk about. There we go. Um, second half starts. We're down a goal, obviously, because that was four minutes into extra time. The, the uh, Abdul Qadir goal, which was by the way assisted by Hamshik. Um, 40, which you sort of alluded to. 47th minute, Kyle Lambert get a yellow card. I don't recall. But in the 62nd minute, he'd get a goal. Um, and things, I mean, like that, those first 20 minutes were looking good for us. We looked the more likely to score. We looked we looked actually quite likely to, to equalize for, for some time. Um, thoughts on, on that, on the goal and all that? Uh, like, it's a story for us. This is like, uh, in those 15 minutes, uh, first 15 minutes of every second half uh, we try to uh, initiate this uh, physical dominance that we normally have um, and like we put in that effort like extra physical effort uh, to be able to just um, get the ball and try to find a goal 
Um, like we do that a lot. We spend a lot of effort uh, in that aspect, but uh, that's what uh, Sergan does a lot. Like right after the second half starts, for so that first 15 minutes, when teams are trying to find their rhythm back, um, we initiate that like extra physical effort, and then uh, we just like again push the uh, defensive line high up a bit, and uh, with our midfielders and our like with our fullbacks pushing forward, we try to find goals. Yeah. But uh, as you said, like it hasn't worked that much this year. I mean, uh, f- for many reasons. Uh, yeah. I mean, now now that like our attack is so predictable with uh, Rozier and Gedzal, uh, we try to most teams try to shut that flank down by uh, different approaches. Like Trabzonspor did that, but covering the half space with their uh, different uh, like midfield pivot pivots of. Uh, the midfield pivot of uh, theirs in uh, Berat and Siopsis and they managed to do so uh, in that way uh, out of uh, necessity we try to utilize our left flank uh, with Umut uh, sometimes Ridvan if he plays uh, and of course Larin Uh, but that way uh, once Umut pushes high up the field uh, since Pjanic is not that type of a player he can't uh, cover that space on the left uh, so Joseph uh, starts to spend that extra effort and uh, not all the time it works out for us given that like it just burdens him a lot uh, as a single player you know like I don't know if I'm uh, uh, explaining in that well, yeah. correct term but and, and anyone yeah, who I mean, recalls last season will recall that Joseph was so vital to us as a guy who could sort of commit he to still is he still is don't get me well, wrong no, but, I mean, still is, don't get but wrong. specifically yeah. he was so helpful in mm-hmm. aiding mm-hmm. the defense and being able to almost sort of sit mm-hmm. in as a third central defender at times so that the, yes. the flanks could go up and help in the attack and all mm-hmm. that so for him having a cover for other people in the midfield that's, mm-hmm. that's the exact mm-hmm. opposite of where we want him playing for us anyway exactly before uh, like we move on like i want to say like uh, since you mentioned last year last year um for that role i mean we didn't have uh that much of a different uh tactic uh, from what i've just explained but uh we didn't have pianage okay if you have pianage you have to utilize a different play style mm-hmm. i'm using that word a lot today utilize it's okay <laughs> but yeah I, I mean uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, Pjanic is not that type of player to adopt the same role as Atiba or uh, Dorukan uh, as what they were doing last year in that uh, partnership with Souza in terms of covering the uh, fullbacks position uh, when we're on defense because like uh, we like to attack with fullbacks, like we push them up a lot and like since t- teams are trying to block our right flank, uh, we have to like out of force, I mean, like out of necessity, as I just mentioned, we have to use Ridvan, Umut, or Larin. And then, uh, since they're not really technical, uh, that much technical in comparison to Gazal and Rozier uh, in terms of creating chances uh, with like key passes or crosses, um, uh, we become a little bit predictive, predictable, and uh, it also creates a risk for us like a peril for us uh when it comes to counter-attacks or when we lose the ball or can't finish an attack with a goal uh since we're giving up pockets for uh, the opponents to exploit yeah 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 um, for that reason because our midfielders can't can't, co- can't can't cover back like they're, they're different like okay yeah pjanic he's a great midfielder 
he's an amazing playmaker he's just like a magician on the ball and you have Teixeira who's also a great technical player but neither of them are really physical uh, when it comes to defense they're not going to put in that like they can't be putting in that extra effort uh, treading box to box just covering up space they're not that type of players that like, you can't be expecting a, a Kante-esque uh, performance from either of them yeah. so I mean you have to we have to look for a different approach for sure well so yeah and so to carry on in the 66th minute the first round of subs were for Trabzon um, Sergin did not react uh, although I guess we'd equalize um, but so Densville Stefano Densville came in for Hussein Turkmen and Andreas Cornelius came in for Giannini um, Sergen didn't react until the 75th minute when he both great both both great uh, substitutions yeah, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so then in the 75th minute, Nkudu came in for Guven Yalchin and Sali Uchan for Alex Teixeira, uh, which was interesting. Uh, I guess that shifted Kyle Laren up front with uh, Nkudu uh, for, on the wing. Yeah, for, for, for a bit. I mean, I mean, uh, for a bit we tried to utilize that uh, like this central uh, stri- central striker role uh i i don't think that laren uh, can really yeah. yeah yeah i mean he, he he's fundamentally a striker right right but the thing is that uh since the beginning of last year we've seen that he performs better as an inside forward mm-hmm. just threading in from the flank because he can't really play uh, i mean he, he can play as a striker but uh, given our play style, he can't really suit that role we yeah. want from a central striker. He needs to be um, making runs a little bit, right? And yeah, he's not, yeah, he's not that like he's not that stationary. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But so uh, and also sorry. before we before again, uh, I have to say this. Um, given that like uh, it was one one and the second one to that wanted to score that second goal uh, desperately. We, 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 pushed even for, further in the field and that's why uh, Alge decided to sub in um, Cornelius uh, due to the fact that he's a great target man he can uh, like yeah. pull up the play uh, and he can just like hold on to the ball and like let the team to, settle up a little bit in the field yeah, uh, to, rather to than just like just on the counter yeah, right yeah staying deep so I mean we'll move forward but that's technically how we consider the second goal as well yeah um, and yeah. so before then, uh, Yusuf Sari would enter for Berat Uzdemir, Serkan mm-hmm. Asan for Dorukan. Domagos Vida would get a yellow card in the 82nd minute. Um, Atiba would come on for Mirelem Pjanic. Kenan Karaman would come on for Kyle Laren. Um, so, I mean, Laren's not your ideal target man, but then is Kenan Karaman? <laughs> um, I mean... Yeah, Kenan uh, is more suitable uh, if you're trying. I agree. To, no, like, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like hold on, hold on to the possession, and if you're trying to like just cool off the play because he can just like he's not really fast. He's, he's way more slow than Laren, but uh, he can hold on to the ball way better. He can uh, like just jockey on the ball. And his shot, um, I don't know what like he's he's just been terribly unlucky in his first like 14 appearances yeah. right i mean he yeah he does yeah. have it in him to put them in the back of the net on at least on occasion i, I expected yeah, him to we, have we've like we've seen him do it we've seen him do it uh, in the national team i know I, mean, I expected him to yeah. have maybe like five goals in the first half and for that to be you know but, but i also expected him to get a little bit more playing time but i mean uh, like it's, it's just like a striker's dilemma you know like and like uh, you can try to be selfish and focus on that goal and like, get in those stats 
or you can try to be that team player. But well, actually, last uh, week he you, kind of did that, right? He could have set up Kyle Laren. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he chose, he chose to that, take that, him, that's so. a mental problem because yeah. it's for sure feeling the pressure. There's a huge wave of criticism mm-hmm. coming coming in his way from the fans uh, because I mean, given that we're underperforming, uh, <laughs> the fans will not be kind to any of the players, you know, and yeah. like he's getting his fair share of criticism for sure. Um, well, so all right, and so finally. We're awarded five minutes of extra time um, in the sixth minute of extra time. Uh, a goal. You already sort of like. Do you want to? Do you want to uh, describe how? Yeah, I can the, elaborate on that. Wakayama I mean, set like, it up, right? He got the assist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you could just tell. Like, it was it wasn't the first chance they got? They were trying. Like, they they got a few chances like that. Like on the counter, it was just like two v two, three v two. Uh, they squandered the first few of them, but uh, they managed to convert the last one and the most critical one, perhaps, in the last minute. Literally, like, I think the game just ended a few seconds after that. Um, uh, and, and, like, it, it was obvious that we, we would concede uh, in that in that way, uh, in my opinion, because, like, we, we, we just... I mean, we, we, had, we had some chances uh, as well, like, but we, we took a huge risk and we lost the gamble basically that's how it worked out they, they were like trying to like spray the long ball uh, after they're just like blocking the attack and uh, with Hamshik and Vakayame and both Vakayame and um, Cornelius can hold up the ball uh, wait for the right moment and carry the team forward a little bit in terms of like the transition and uh, as I've said like I think it was Yusuf Sare uh, who um failed to convert initially they had a really really key chance uh in the 92nd minute i think like around that time and he just squandered it and unfortunately for us um we weren't able to get back on defense get back on defense on time uh with our fullbacks uh i mean you can also understand uh, they were really really tired uh, and it was just like a 2v1 and I don't remember the player exactly if it was Umut or uh, Wellington but um, it was a 2v1 he made the worst possible run ever I think it was Wellington uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember. yeah he made the worst possible run it was just like there for Cornelius to score it and he just like put it in the back of the net there is nothing that Arsene could have done yeah uh, and we just yeah lost the game really the classic garbage time counter-attack yeah. you know like we were pressing yeah. pressing pressing and then got hit and yeah like you said it wasn't really even a surprise because it had been happening all half but mm-hmm. um, in the aftermath there was a lot of fighting Sally Uchan Wellington and Joseph all get yellow cards Urjan got two in a red card so he won't be able to play for the next match um, yeah I still don't I still don't know why uh, the fight broke out you know like was it something that one of the players have done was it something that the players had done or was it because of the fans? Because uh, like I didn't really uh, hear it per se personally, uh, but I read on Twitter that like there were there was a lot of cursing going on from the fans, and uh, it must be the frustration that that we have uh, with our performance, and that just like kind of uh, I don't know how to I don't know how to say just like. If I broke out because of our frustration, perhaps I don't know. Absolutely, no. And, so don't know the reason. And I think you know we all understand the frustration. Um, 
we are all disappointed. I mean, uh, there were so many reactions that went basically like, the season's over, you know, as soon as the match was finished. And, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is absurd when you think we have like 26 matches to go, but um, obviously, like, that was, it was a heavy loss to take. I get the negativity. Um, I, that's not how you respond, like, by yelling at people and stuff. But at the, on the other hand, it's football that kind of happens. He should have probably kept it in his pants, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and just, like, walked away. <laughs> but um, that, it, it helps us in the end. You know, they'll be down their keeper in the next match. Yeah, one of the best players as well. For sure. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to talk about, like, our fans being reactionary. I'm kind of to blame here as well. Uh, I think I, I can get a real reactionary. Uh, at some times and uh, I was really really frustrated with the results after the game and I uh, tweeted something about Sergen, um which we <laughs> had, a, had a small argument oh whatever about. yeah I don't even I, yeah I'm, I'm yeah, debating yeah, with but, everyone all the time I mean, on this. I, I should I should have I should have uh, like elaborated on that tweet I mean uh, basically uh, said that like okay I love Sergen, but uh, he has to go but I didn't say why. I mean, if, if like, give, like my my train of thought at that moment was just thinking, okay, we have this guy who magically won the title last year out of a squad that was dubbed as a terrible yeah. one yeah. Uh, from from all, by by all the pundits and amongst the fans. No, none um, of us had much hope going into the year at all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But this year, it's just the opposite. The complete opposite, yeah. You don't see that spark this guy had mm -hmm. last year. And uh, I'm not talking like per statements uh, and everything. Like he just doesn't think that there is anything wrong with the squad and his tactics. And he just can't see that. He's just in this state of stubbornness, in my opinion. And I know that he's way better than this. For sure, he's proven that. But I mean, uh, given his statements after the sporting game, calling it just a, ch a result of luck, and uh, yeah. again, uh, in both games, by the way, and again, like in certain games that we have lost, he just he would just talk about the refs and everything, and not talking. Uh, he would just skip the fact that we played dreadfully. Um, uh, that's not what I expect for him. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was reactionary in that aspect, uh, and it was an insight a little bit uh, stupid for me to tweet, and I, uh, I've deleted a tweet since. But oh, I didn't um, know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in res retrospect, it, it, I shouldn't have tweeted that. But uh, that's that's where I was coming from, pretty much. If I have to explain that, I mean, like, uh, he has to snap out of it. Basically, this is not working out. He has to find a different approach with this set of players yeah. which are like you know, on paper great so I was gonna do the usual stats and all that you know what screw it like this was a perfect segue I think because really we've we've reached a part of the season now we've, we've all played 12 matches which mm -hmm. sort of an arbitrary number honestly but whatever I, I, like now we have a real base to under to sort of understand how the season's going what what things are looking like and what's what's terrible is how unsettled things still appear for Besiktas. Um, you know, 12 matches in, where, where Trabzon is, is sort of building from one strength to the next. We still, like, like we were saying earlier in the, episode, in the episode, we've only had our full squad maybe twice. But but anyway, so 
This is a perfect segue for us to sort of assess what's going on. We've been doing it like pretty much throughout the episode already, but so real quickly, I'm gonna hand it over to Khan Bayazit, a, a, a man everyone will recognize, <laughs> uh, the original co-host, um, who's still sort of uh, between homes, you know, waiting for his house to be built or something. So, um, oh, still, yeah, yeah. So shouts to that. Over I, by now. <laughs> good luck, Khan. But um, yeah, I, I, it'll it's great to have him on here for our 200th episode, uh, and and he'll quickly segue into the same topic, like what he thinks is going wrong. So anyway, without further ado, Khan Bayazit. Hi everyone, it's Khan here, one of the original two hosts of uh, the Black Eagles podcast, here for our 200th episode. Uh, what a crazy ride it's really been since uh, Sinan and I started this, this project. It must be, I don't know, four, four or five years ago or something like that. Um, we've, we've had some amazing highs and some uh, very big lows in that time span. So, uh, you had life of a, of a football fan, I suppose, and, and then especially as a Turkish football fan uh, with our, our clubs, unfortunately, not being the most stable. Um, and this is uh, one of those low points, really, at the moment, uh, while I'm recording this for, for Besiktas fans. Uh, a season, I think, that we had all had incredibly high hopes for. Uh, that is cur currently turning out to be an absolute nightmare, a disaster, and uh, lots of different uh, opinions on who's to blame and what's the cause. Uh, and I don't think there is a, a magical, uh, simple answer really of it's oh it's Sergan's fault, no it's the board's fault, no it's the ref the, it's the referees or the federation or you know whatever. Um, it, it's a it's a it's a grand combination of things uh, that is currently going wrong. Um, it's very reminiscent in the sense of the the 2017-2018 season, in a way, because we went into that season coming off of back-to-back -back champ, champ championships, um, a very strong run in the Europa League, um, and we had an amazing run in the Champions League that season. But uh, I do, you know, some people, some of my friends, like including uh, Uzjan and Ankartal, I think are of the opinion that this is a bigger disappointment than the 2017-2018 season. But I think I, I, I honestly beg to differ um, because in the 2017-18 season, I feel like there weren't really any, um, any, any real excuses, like legit excuses. You know, we didn't have... We had injuries, obviously. I think Talishka had some injury and all that. And we had, like, some minor injuries. Of course, you always do. But, like, I don't remember, like, in the first half of the 2017-18 season that we got, like, legit screwed over time and time again by non-call. Like, I mean, you know, the, the things that happened this season in, in just 12 matches, like, you know... First, we had the, the Adana, uh, the, the Gaziantep away game where one of our players seemingly had a heart attack, which fortunately for Nsakala turned out to not be as severe as we had initially feared. Um, but that was a, a big thing that obviously that is not somebody's fault. That is not on that, you know, you can't really blame anyone for that. But I do remember even in that match, which ended nil-nil, we had a quite clear penalty where I think it was Kenan Karaman just pushed down in the back um, 
like yeah like just far ignoring it you know um and we've had a lot of those this season we've played 12 matches and i think i might be wrong i mean we did get a penalty like a couple of weeks ago right like when um, a match we lost and then they gave us like a like a pity penalty for true var or something if i remember correctly but like if you look at it like legit in in those 12 matches when it mattered you know when we actually were in the game and something happens that was something that should have gone to var not a single time has it gone to var it's always just been ignored like the biggest crime this season like the the, the whole equalizing goal from Adana Demirspor is probably in the VAR era one of the biggest scandals in Turkish football like that is a, a goal that should never ever 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 stand as the donkey goes wild outside but that is something that is just inexcusable like there's no there's no interpretation there there's no 50-50 that is a clear error it hits his arm and he scores with it. Like I'm not even talking about uh, the the leaning on and 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 the pulling of Rosier and the leaning on Montero. Like all that, all that you can argue, that's a 50-50. That's a duel on a on a corner, and you have those types of duels on every at every corner. And if you're going to disallow a goal for that, you should disallow, you know, probably. 50 percent of the goals that are scored on corners you can make that argument you can make the argument that that is open to interpretation and therefore not a clear error but a ball clearly hitting an arm and directly from that going into the goal like he didn't even hit it like he didn't touch it with his head it legit just hit his arm that is 100 percent without a shadow of a doubt a clear error that goal should always go too far and always get disallowed and then you have our goal against hatai last week which is never a clear error it's not like you can't like it, that is 100% an interpretation goal because you have to interpret and you have to try really really hard that, that that Montero is active in the play and is blocking the goalkeeper's view and you can see from multiple angles that the goalkeeper is not obstructed so that is 100% interpretation and in my opinion maliciously so so that goal should not even be that, that like that is lit legit against the rules for far to intervene there like there's there's like you have to stretch your imagination even to to make it go too far and then then you have like i i, I thought like just for the record like the penalty we conceded against golf I, I thought it was a penalty but that's just another example of we are leading 2-1 it's the 85th minute or something and they're giving a penalty against us that like a week or two Fenerbahce had a, a, a very similar situation and there the argument is made because the player is already on the floor so 
and the arm is supporting his movement or blah 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 it's it's not a penalty and then here it's a sliding natural motion and it hits his arm i think personally that he made like a, a reactionary move while sliding his arm in my opinion made a movement toward the ball so for me it's a penalty but i'm just i'm just trying to like i'm just trying to point out that there's no consistency there and um now this past weekend against Trabzonspor like whether that last position on Nkudu for me that's a penalty because yes he gets the ball first but after he gets the ball he's still full on slides through and 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 tackles and kudu and anywhere else on the pitch a tackle like that is a foul that would be just a free kick anywhere else on the pitch so for me that's a penalty but okay i'll take i'll 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 i'll, I'll say okay you know what that would be harsh 96th minute to give that type of a penalty would be harsh right and it would be double as harsh to then disallow a very nice counter goal. So, okay, fine. But in the 75th minute, I think it's uh, it's their Norwegian fullback, I forget his name. Gezal sends the ball to Rosier on the right, and then their fullback clearly obstructs Gezal. In the replay, you can see that it's not Gazal who is just running into him and falling on purpose. It's uh, the defender who lifts his leg purposely to make himself bigger so Gazal can't get past him and can't join the continued attack. That is 100% a penalty. That is not a 50-50. That is a clear error once again. That is a fall. 100% should always be a penalty. And in a season like this, where everything, every VAR intervention in every, any game we've played has been against us, and we've we've had multiple penalty like these situations like this that that it doesn't even it doesn't even like get considered like uh, it's 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 a crazy season in that regard. And then I haven't even talked about. The plethora of injuries and what the injuries is concerning you can very much make the case okay this has to be a greater issue this has to be a training issue uh, an issue with the medical staff just the way the players are being um, coached and follow up uh, how they're following them up and all that like th that there has to be an issue there so that is something you can if you, I mean, I, I personally don't because I don't have enough knowledge. I don't know. And I don't know what they are doing behind the scenes to monitor players' conditions and all that stuff. I don't know how intensely they are training and how much that is uh, affecting this. Is it a fluke and just really bad luck, uh, uh, bad luck of uh, a bad string of injuries? Or is it legit? Does it legit have to do with, with the fitness staff, with the coaching and all that? I don't know. I can't say. The only thing I can do is speculate on that. But I can I can accept that people blame people, others like are, bl are looking for someone to blame and therefore are blaming the coaching staff and all that. So fine. But there's that. 
then there's this clear this this just clear malicious yeah it it I am it has to be called an agenda like I don't like doing this but in Turkey yeah like if in any other in, in most other countries in the world if you talk like this it's crazy and it's like denying covid and stuff like that but in Turkey this kind of stuff like you know it happens all the time like this year it's us last year maybe it was somebody else like we've seen like there I've seen in my 20 plus years of watching Turkish football stuff that is 100% undeniably malicious and not not just a referee making an error like there's been so many examples not just against us like against Trabzonspor um against other teams for sure like even you know Galatasaray and Fenerbahce have been victims of this at times as well i think much less so than certain other teams but they have had their 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 matches in which they clearly got fucked. um I, i can't i mean uh well um Besiktas Galatasaray in 2004 when we got two absolutely ridiculous penalties against them i remember that that was a, a an example of where Galatasaray clearly maliciously got taken out like that was a, a referee with an agenda like that, that that i've seen this happen many times um but like yeah in turkey it's it's weird like i i, I feel kind of dirty when i come up with these quote unquote conspiracy theories but like sometimes it's just so painfully obvious that that you like saying anything else is just putting your head in the sand and uh sometimes like i wonder legit like is it is it really worth it like going like i, I mean as a football fan you're going to go through highs and lows like losing is definitely 100% part of the game and i've said this before the lows make the highs worth so much more but i i always feel like lows should be down to yourself like obviously referees make mistakes like mistakes are human but there's a difference between mistakes and stuff like that adana goal and or disallowed goal against hatay as well i think like that is border like the, the hatay goal is is bordering on malice and that, the adana goal is 100,000% malice like that is that is just yeah fixing a game maybe not for money i don't know what the, what the reasoning is behind it but it's one that is just that is just fixing a match um so yeah i mean i think we have assembled a really good squad um i think the big issue is initially the injuries we've had played a big part in the team not meshing the chemistry not getting there and now i feel like the brakes are just being constantly put on us and i think that a lot of our fans that are critical of of the coach and of the team uh, very much underestimate the importance of confidence and morale in a team because winning matches leads to better confidence better morale and that gets you into a positive flow when you're in a negative flow like we we are i mean you can't deny that we are in a negative spiral right now right and how do you get out of a negative spiral that's by getting positive results and winning matches. So against Galatasaray we we won in spite of 
you know, we, we got a, a thanks to Axiom because he saved that 85th minute penalty. But, I mean, like I said, I tell it was a penalty, so okay. But then now against Trabzonspor, this is this is a match, like this is a turning point type of game. And like a lot of my, my friends say, oh, we didn't play well, we didn't deserve it, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, what, what, what are you talking about? We didn't, we've dominated 90% of that match. Do, do we have to create 10, 100% scoring opportunities to be deemed worthy of winning? Like Urjan, we forced Urjan to make a couple of really good saves. We, we, we played, I mean, definitely in the first half, we were really good. In the second half, I, I, okay, we maybe we didn't play amazing, but neither did they. It's not like Trabzonspor had a lot of chance. Like, did they even have chances in the second half? Like in the first half, they had a couple, I think. Uh, Erzin made a really good save that I remember, and then they of course had their goal, which was a which was an amazing goal for them. But in the second half, apart from their goal, it felt like we were basically just on their half most of the match. Um. And, okay, and and you have to keep in mind this is this is a Trabzonspor that hasn't lost in 12 matches. Like they haven't lost this season. You have to keep that in mind. Like this is a good team you're playing. And then you have in a 75th minute penalty that is just 100% ignored. Like wh why do we need to win this match 3-1 by all field goals? Like why can't we win with a penalty if the penalty is legitimate? And it was a legitimate penalty. I'm not saying we would have scored it. Maybe Ujan saves it. But that is that is how football works. Ersin saved the penalty against Galatasaray. We won. Maybe Ujan saves the penalty if we get it. And then Trabzon win. But then Trabzon win on their own merit. Because they deserved it. Now, they win because... VAR is sleeping and be because the referee did didn't do his job because if we get that penalty maybe we score and if we score 2-1 then they have to push for a goal and there's no counter goal in the 96th minute you know that changes the game i'm not saying we win the game i'm not saying that but probably the big chance we would and it's just these types of things like like we are already in a negative spiral. We are already dealing with an exorbitant amount of injuries. And still, they feel the need to put the brakes on us. Like, why? What What? What could possibly happen if... Like, Trabzon were already seven points ahead. Right? What? What? Why? Why not? Why, why is there no... Why should we not get a penalty there? Even my friend Jakub, who's a diehard Trabzonspor fan, during the game, he said this: like that's a pe that should have been a penalty for Besiktas. Like if it was the other way around, same thing. Like if if it was on the other end and it was Rosier tripping up Nwakaeme in that way, then it should have been a penalty too. That that's how football works or should work, not in Turkey. So. Yeah, another one of those dark seasons in, I mean, together with the 2003-2004 season and, yeah, and then maybe the, I mean, I, 
the 2003-2004 season was a, a dark season because that was our title that got stolen. Here we can't speak of a title that got stolen, of course. Like this, this is they're stopping us before. They're basically um, before the race has even begun, are already taking us out of it. Like we we don't even have an opportunity to run the race. Like we we are taken out of it to many circumstances, our own fault and in, in or well. Or you could argue our own fault with the injuries, um, and then this. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a very season so far. Obviously, it can still turn around, but I think realistically, um, the chances of us of us making a comeback are slim to none. Especially because it doesn't seem like this this pattern of VARs and referee behavior is going to stop until they've accomplished their mission, which is make sure Besiktas don't do anything this season, I guess. Um, don't get me wrong, I have no ill will against Trabzonspor. I, I'm happy to see Trabzonspor at the top of the table. If it's not going to be us, by all means, let Trabzonspor... Uh, and, and they are playing good football. And they deserve it. You know, they deserve to be there. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to stick my head in the sand and ignore these obvious malicious attacks against us. Anyway, um, rant over <laughs> 200 episodes. At least it's noteworthy for something, I guess. We're going into an international break now. Uh, I have to be perfectly honest. This season for me is, is, is already a drag and that doesn't happen too often to me. Um, I think in 20 years, I have almost never like skipped a match that I could watch. I recently didn't watch the Sporting Away game. I just, I just couldn't be bothered. I saw a lineup. I had some other stuff to do that evening. And I thought to myself, I could have put it on on a second screen and watched it while doing that. But I just thought to myself, no. Not gonna put myself through it. I know how it's gonna end already. It's not worth it. And um, it's just, that's just advice I can give you as a, as a as a football fan. Sometimes, like it's something I learned over the years as I got older. But sometimes you need to be able to distance yourself a little bit. And it's important that you have. Like I have a lot of younger friends, and I notice that they. I, I see a lot of myself in them in the sense that. Um, they very much yeah i'm sorry i was just checking if i was still recording uh they very much experienced how i used to experience it where it was basic dash 24 7 and that is that is good for a burnout a mental burnout trust me uh when you're young you can probably get through that still but like it's, it's better to just sometimes not not think about football 24-7. Like, football is great and all that, but especially with Turkish football being corrupt as it is, sometimes it's good that you just can take your mind off of it and do other stuff. And uh, I, I very much recommend that uh, if you are feeling down about this season, don't stop supporting the team, but don't don't go and you know don't let it ruin your week because it's 
something that is completely out of our control as fans. We have no influence on it. Like you can yell, okay, this guy has to get fired or that guy has to resign and blah and blah. And in that, in that sense, you do have a sort of influence. But let's be honest, if Sergen resigns tomorrow, nothing is going to change. Like, okay, maybe Channel Gunesh comes, for example. Maybe he turns things around. But like, I, I, I personally don't think he would, but maybe he would. And then, then we entered this season. We have a good second half of the season, and we entered, and we are all full of hope again. And then next season, it's the same thing again. Like, will they or won't they? You know, let us, so to speak. Like in Turkey, it doesn't matter. I think if you are Besiktas, Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, Trabzonspor, it doesn't matter who you are. You always need to seemingly get this approval or okay, this season they can they can do it. Like it's fine this season. They haven't won the title for a year or two, three, they can do it this season. Of course you still need to be good enough. Like uh I mean I I'm sure they have in the past pushed teams too, but like if you're like Fenerbahce for the last seven years and you can't put a proper team together, or if you do and you're just up against an even better team then yeah there's only so so much they can uh, boost you right anyway whatever uh <laughs> thank you very much for listening to this ridiculous rant of mine i uh hope that the season does turn around but i i, I wouldn't hold out hope for it um that is the life of a of a, of a turkish football fan and a bistish fan in particular a travel sport fans even more so so Let's just be happy for them because they've been waiting for this for a very long time. So unless we turn it around, let's hope they they don't do an Abdullah Avci and uh, give it away. So thank you very much, Khan, for your for your thoughts. I co-sign much of it, uh, but I, I think we probably have a few. I mean, we don't, like, n- there's nothing there substantively that anybody would disagree with. Yeah. Clearly, the referees yeah. in Turkey are terrible. There's always been these weird agendas, and no doubt we've suffered mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. not necessarily being one of the, the powers that can sort of swing our things around, um, you know, to get what we need, whatever. But I, as terrible as refs have been, for me, that's not the main issue. It's it's what we've been talking about. It's the lack of us being settled. It's the It's the fact that we've had so many injuries. And like, so if, if you if you separate these into three groups where like Khan is sort of focused on refs and these agendas, um, uh, you, you know, you have Aaron, you've mentioned Saragan as the problem in tactics. I would focus more oh, okay, on Okay, wait, 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 I'll, I'll stop you there. Well, yeah, well, and, and that's right. let me give you the mic, but <laughs> first I just want to say, for me, it's injuries and, and what I, what's, what's sort of multifaceted about that. And it, it, of course, it can't be any one of these things. It's actually all of them. And so um, we're representing these pillars. But in fact, I think we all probably agree that it's a combination of all three. With that said, exactly. I would say that management has something to do with these injuries in that, like, I don't know if it's Marone or whoever, whoever is in charge of fitness training, they've overdone it. Um, I think you could kind of put some of this on Sergen Yeltsin because he likes to play that high tempo pressing. He's been sort of pushing for that. And so I could imagine he was trying to get their fitness levels up 
early on. A quick note, like there is a huge criticism surrounding Sergin about how he uh, rushes players in uh, before they're fully fit and like they're still reco recovering from injuries. So that's uh, that might also be a reason behind it. Hmm. I mean, you never know what's what's the cause exactly, but I mean, maybe it's all of them. And clearly, something's yeah. just gone terribly wrong. I mean, there's never. I've never heard of a team being down nine starters and four key bench players for for like, you know, for like three or four matches. I mean, that was that was insane. I mean, I, maybe it was like we were we, we, that was one match with nine starters out, but the next one I had, we had like eight or seven, you know. But like, come on, man! Like, what what the heck is going on? Here? That's not <laughs> normal. Like, are they playing on a yeah. potato field? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, for sure, it's like super unlucky. Yeah. Yeah, no matter what, like, what's the reason, like, what are the reasons behind all of this, but it's for sure unlucky. But so, let me hand you the mic now, like, where, for you, where does the problem really lie? Well, first of all, the reason I interrupted you was because I don't lay the blame on Sergen. I know, yeah, I, I was, I just, that was more for narrative, you know, I wanted yeah. us to have these uh, killers. <laughs> obviously, I agree with Khan and, like, what he's saying about the refs, there were some dreadful errors that directly affected the score lines in our games and like cost us a lot of points that's that's a fact that's i'm sure i'm sure there's a consensus among our fans uh in that context but i mean uh, let's face it we're not playing the way we should like we're, we're playing uh, below expectations that that's that's certain and i that's why i like try to emphasize on the fact that Sergen is not utilizing this squad, is not using the squad in a way that he should. He, he's just, he, he really couldn't find a way just yet to get the best out of the squad and this set of players. And that's the reason uh, we're struggling right now. Like, that's the main reason, I believe. Obviously, the, 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 the officiating has played a part in this uh, state that we're in. Um, of course, the series of uh, unlucky injuries uh, have played a part in this as well uh, like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode but I mean in the end in the end no matter what we should be playing better and that's why uh, tactics wise um, I believe I can criticize mm -hmm. the gaffer yeah. and that that's what I tried to mention yeah, and basically, you made a lot of good points just, just so you know like just just to put it out there that's why no no I interrupted you yeah one last thing, I guess I, I shouldn't forget. So, uh, stay, stick around. Next up is going to be um, our Scottish contingent with uh, with the 200th uh, anniversary, <laughs> 200th episode anniversary message. Nice. Uh, but so yeah, tune in for that. Hello, C9 and listeners of the Black Hills podcast. This is Jim, one half of the Scottish Twins. Uh, C9's asked me to su submit a wee uh, voice note, just giving my thoughts of the season so far. As part of the 200th episode special of the Black Eagles podcast, I think we need to start with the end of last season. Uh, we won the double, but there was a wee bit of uncertainty going into the the new season with uh, key players like Gazal Nozier just being on loan, Sargent's contract expiring. Uh, first of all, it took 40 days for Sargent to resign his new deal. Uh, it even got to the point where people were worried that he wasn't going to resign, uh, but eventually he did. Fast forward two months after that, two or three months after that, we, we managed to sign Rosier and Gazelle permanently. So, 
That meant we were able to keep the, the core squad uh, of last season that won the double, apart from Vincent Abubakar, who notoriously sat out the last 10 games so his, his contract wouldn't get expired, uh, extended sorry, an extra year. And ended up signing a lucrative deal in Saudi Arabia. But, uh, other transfers, like Mishi, we got Mishi Batshuayi on loan from Chelsea to replace Abu. And then uh, I, I get a marquee sign like Alex Teixeira. He's been a goal slash assist machine every, everywhere he's played in, in Ukraine, in the Champions League, playing for Shakhtar as well. And uh, he was very successful in China as well when he uh, picked to go there, rather uh, than to go to another bigger club in Europe. And we also got um, Miran Pjanic from Barcelona alone, which was another big signing. We made uh, many other depth signings. So going into the season, I think everyone had very high expectations because we basically we, we, we kept the the main core of the squad last season that won two titles and we uh, added more quality and depth to that. And we started well, we started the season well, uh, which reflected the expectations. Four wins and one draw in our first five league games. Then uh, as the Champions League games started, and uh, just uh, with fixture congestion, we, we managed to, we racked up a huge uh, injury list. In match day two of the, ch the Champions League against Ajax, we had 13 players out. We had a similar uh, number of players out just the, the league game before that uh, against Altai, which we lost a game that normally would be expected to win easily. And after that, things just uh, got bad in the league and in Europe. Uh, after the first five games, which I said we had four wins and one draw, uh, we've played seven games since in the league, with only, get, only getting two wins in them, which were against Sivas uh, and Galatasaray. One draw and four losses. Also lost four out of four games in the Champions League, which I think is unacceptable, especially considering the signings we made. And recently, a lot of people are questioning uh, if Sergen should get sacked or not. I don't think that's a good idea, but I think he really deserves to be criticised for some of the decisions he's made lately. Especially his comments after the sporting game. Uh, he clearly made, clearly missed out on analysing uh, how deadly Quartes is in set pieces by marking him with Gazelle. That alone cost us two goals and a penalty which got converted into a goal in that 4-1 uh, drubbing we, we took from him in Wodafone Park. Which was a game going into it, I think everyone expected us to win, as all our injuries injured players had pretty much returned at that point, apart from Kudu. Uh, I think other areas you could criticise Sargan is some of the, ch the changes he makes during the game. Uh, not giving a lot of playing time to players that have looked promising when they've played, such as Jan Bosdan. All sounds been okay when he's played. I think lastly, it's probably him playing Alex Teixeira as part of a 4-1-4-1 uh, Basically not playing a 10 and playing with two eights. Playing as an 8, I don't think it suits to Shera and that's kind of not allowed him to show his full potential so far I think either he needs to move him out to the wing or go back go to a 4-2-3-1 If he wants to benefit from Alex to Shera, I think it's pointless playing him But apart from the, the injuries and mistakes Again, it's made uh, tactically or with his substitutions or whatever. Uh, 
it's fair to say that we've it's not the, the refs haven't really been fair against us. I've got a, a bit of a list of uh, times that VAR hasn't intervened or when it has intervened against us when it shouldn't have. Uh, week two, which was their only loss of points in the first five weeks against Antep, there was a clear penalty in Kieran Carolyn. Uh, say the game with our season kind of took the turn. <coughs> Sorry. Turn for the worst, uh, I don't have any sport again. Uh, obviously, well, we lost a three goal lead on the last goal. There's a handball from Baratelli and he, kind of, he drags uh, Montero down as he's jumping up to head the ball. I don't see how Varnaval intervened there. The Bushak shared game, there's a uh, VW was dragged down on the box and a set piece when it was still one each. And then in the Hatai sport game, Oh, intervened when it shouldn't have to disallow them at top of his goal. Obviously, it's a great position. But VAR should only intervene if it's a clear error. And <coughs> that wasn't a clear error, and I think most agree that the goal should have stood anyway. The general consensus is that Montero didn't. Uh, wasn't in basically Munir's uh, eye line. It didn't prevent him from seeing the ball. Uh, and lastly, the, the last Trabzon game, I think there was two clear penalties on uh, Gazal and Vida. So what do I think going forward? Uh, we find ourselves 10 points behind already uh, as of week 12. We're basically out of Europe as well. I think Sergin has lost it. <coughs> He's not, he doesn't seem as motivated as he was last season. So I think he needs to kind of take a look at himself in the mirror and basically re-motivate himself. And I, I think if we, we stop giving away so many injuries, which you need to question why that's happening, can just be a coincidence at this point. Uh, we could turn it around, especially because uh, uh, Trabzon and Alger are at the top, and both the club's not won a title in over 35 years. Alger's a notorious uh, a choker, so I think we still have a chance. Uh, to add to that, I think we need to, to sign a, another, we need to sign a sub right back for when Rosier's out in January, and we need another striker, which I'm hoping would maybe be Jen Tosin. As you know, with the, the current Fauna limit, it kind of needs to be a top. Yeah, I think it's a clear problem. Like the, the three kind of backup players that can play a striker, when Batchelai's out, the three of them aren't really pure nines. They're all guys that can play a striker but also play left mid. So I think if we can do that, if Sergan gets, gets his head back in the game, hopefully they stop getting treated so badly against the refs. If we can make a couple of good moves, like a sub-striker a right back in January. I think we can get ourselves back in the title race. Uh, and that, that's all I've kind of got to say. Uh, thank you. And, and, I, you know, and, and I think all of these things are sort of a part of the, the puzzle, right? It's a puzzle with lots of mm -hmm. pieces, but, mm -hmm. but these are the key sort of tenets of it. Um, bad luck with injuries, um, terrible refereeing, and, and, and like a, a really a ton of decisions going against us. And it's, it's, it's worth noting how every 50-50 decision that we've like come up against has sort of gone against us. And exactly. if we're going to talk about, like yeah. especially Fenner, like they've had mm -hmm. like six or seven matches in a row where like penalties have gone there where things and like you you don't necessarily say these are wrong calls i mean the, the one where um kim wasn't given a, a handball was real fishy and then we were given one like the next week but whatever um <laughs> but like 
Again, you know, it's the just, offside call. Right, like when mm. these things consistently go against you and they consistently go for another side that happens to not even be doing that well in the table. Like they're doing poorly despite that help. Um, it, it just, it raises red flags. But, 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 as you mentioned, and this is a vital thing, they were probably even more up in arms against us last year. Uh, and we, we mm-hmm. fought through that. And interestingly, Sergen Yalchin has done his best this season with his back against the wall when you have, um, you know, like against Ajax, for example, right? When we had yes, almost exactly. nobody and suddenly we're, we're holding out. And like Serdar Sachi is uh, one of our key players. Like, whatever the logic is, if he can kind of pull it together and put some sort of gritty performances together uh, with, with like two of our regular starters available, I can't imagine why he struggled so much with like seven or eight, especially relative to the talent in the Super League. Let's be clear, like mm-hmm. our C team should still theoretically be better than 20 teams in the Super League, right? Like there's no excuse <laughs> for this. Bit biased, but yeah, I mean, uh, can't, can't argue with that. I mean, like our squad, like in comparison to last year's squad, is way better now. Yeah, and it's even theoretically deep, that. right? Like if you get, if you put like yeah, Kanan exactly. out there and Umut, yeah. who's like theoretically our third. I mean, all right, no, even mm-hmm. Fabrice and Sackler, right? Who was a starter for Alani like two years ago? I mean, right? Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. There's definitely. I mean, like yeah. technically, technically, he was our like first choice left back last year, and like this year is like way below the pecking order. He's like a third choice now, but still, like still, like. It's crazy. In, like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, this this season has been like really, 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 um, uh, like unpredictable uh, in the aspect. Like, like you mentioned in the Ajax game, I was expecting us to be just torn apart. Like, we're, I was expecting a devastating scoreline, but in the end, like we performed way better. Uh, and some people might say that like Ajax kind of. Uh, became complacent seeing our squad and they just like laid off a bit but I disagree with them we, we played really well in that game despite losing 2-0 uh, because with that squad I mean uh, on paper or even uh, if you're playing uh, like FIFA or like football manager like <laughs> with that squad you, you would lose the game 5 or 6 yeah. or something like that yeah exactly for sure but like we, we, we put in that performance and that's what I expect from this team like exactly uh, even if we're, like we have some players injured, I mean, against Trabzonspor, for instance, like okay, Batshuayi was injured, but when you look at the rest of the squad, uh, I mean, who else was missing in the starting eleven? You were expecting those players to play, and Trabzonspor in that aspect, they were missing some key players. I mean, they Bakas, like uh, Edgar E was out. I mean, Bakas we didn't even mention that Jervinho has just—they just lost him for yeah, the season, exactly. maybe for his uh, career. Just, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and like Bakasetas came off uh, really early in the game, and despite everything, uh, Alji managed to get the best out of his squad in that way, yeah. and they beat us, and they're still unbeaten, mm-hmm. and it's not just about luck or anything, they're, they're, he managed to find his rhythm, and he's like, he's not tinkering with the squad, he, he managed to find some key tactics to utilize the squad in the mo- most positive and most efficient way possible and that's why they're top of the league and playing like this yeah yeah i mean what else can that's you say? what i expect from my team as, as well like i believe like uh people might say that i'm a little bit biased but i believe that our squad is way better than theirs 
I can't like, see why it wouldn't be. For sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, but, like, uh, due to many reasons, uh, we're, we're just underperforming. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. That's what I have to say about it. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Aaron, again, for stopping by. Uh, it's always great to get your, your thoughts on Besiktas. And, I, yeah, I agree 100% on everything you've said. I, you know, I, I feel like we can all give you know Sergen or management or this player or that player a pass because we were so uh, pleased with last season right but at a certain point that yeah. wears thin yeah. and we have to look forward and we have to sort of be realistic in how we're appraising this I, now I I hope still too early in the season I have to say like exactly uh, I was gonna say still too early just 12 games played like nothing's over yet like we will see a lot of changes happening yeah. throughout the season yeah for sure but yeah i mean uh, the quicker we get out of this state of uh catharsis yeah <laughs> i don't know if i catharsis that word catharsis, yeah. catharsis yeah i mean my bad yeah no, you uh, had. You're, you're yeah <laughs> in the, this 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 state of catharsis um uh, it will be better for us you know uh, yeah no and, and so look so going forward right um not this coming. We have the week off the, the, the international break, and so we'll be back probably before this match with with our our fancy phase two episode. But um, Alanya Sport on November twentieth, uh, eleven a.m. here in New York. Check your local listings, obviously. But then obviously we have Ajax in the Super League, uh, Super League Champions League. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, then we have so this is this is where things get kind of chilled out for me. We have Gidesun, Kasim Pasha. Dortmund, but whatever, we're gonna lose that. Let's just put in our seed team. <laughs> um, but then Kaiseri. So like basically until the Fener match, which is on, which is in sort of mid December, we have mm-hmm. um, Alanya, which could be tough. But I don't know. I, don't, I feel like they're a little bit hyped. Uh, but then we have Girasun, Kasim Pasha, and Kaiseri. Like those, this should be our chance um, to settle in. Hopefully have a healthy we're lineup. A, we're in a position to underestimate our opponents. Uh, yeah, you know, like they're actually <laughs> ahead of us in the league, but yeah, I mean. Well, Alania is the one that you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, because Girasun yeah, and Pasha are, are yeah, down in the relegation sure. zone. Kaiseri, you know, you never know what to expect. You know, I almost anticipate Mensa scoring like a brace because. Oh my god. You yeah. know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to see that happen. Yeah, I mean. It's just written in the cards. Hopefully oh. it doesn't. But um, maybe he doesn't play because he, he's. He loves us so much. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but like, so you know, this should be a very interesting part of the season. Uh, I hope we'll have you back to talk about some of those results down the line. But I'm really looking forward to this next episode where we'll have you and and a number of special guests. Um, yeah, I guess Aaron, like, tell these folks where they can find you online and all that. You no, know, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, I really don't have anything going on right now, uh, besides my... Hey, oh, <laughs> you know what? Mention, mention those those sort of uh, chats you're doing pre-match. Are, are you going to keep doing that regularly? Or? Uh, not really. Like, it was just a one-time thing. Like, uh, I would love to do it, but the, the problem is that, like, I'm really busy. Like, sure. I was impressed I by that. I didn't on, know you had it in you. I, was, I, I have to work on the weekends from time to time. That's what being a lawyer is like, I uh, guys. Uh, if, there, if there are any uh, young law prospects listen to this podcast uh, I would recommend that <laughs> Run! <laughs> <laughs> you, you reconsider your decisions because uh, you, you'll be really busy in the future in that line of work um, besides that like I would love to do like spaces 
chats quite often, uh, especially uh, before the games. But uh, again, like it's a matter of availability mm -hmm. for me, and uh, sometimes I'm just not available. Sure. Um, well, like I said, well, yeah, I mean, next uh, time you do that, uh, by the way, uh, next time yeah. you do that, let's add the podcast as a speaker sort yeah. of placeholder well, why, not, why not do why not do it on the official account of perfect the podcast, all the more even. reason yeah, yeah yeah i'll give you access yeah yeah that'd be awesome yeah for sure uh it would be even better yeah uh the thing is that um again like you can find me on twitter uh as i would say at aaron e armstrong and uh for sure lately i i don't really tweet that often and uh when i tweet uh i don't really <laughs> tweet on the tactical uh, <laughs> aspect of the games or uh, like the analysis of the games I just uh, kind of laid that off um, uh, most of the tweets uh, funny stuff uh, just jokes banter, uh, banter. Could, yeah just just the, engaging in banter shall we say yeah, because uh, I've seen like a lot of people are doing that tactical aspect uh, of tweeting and uh, kind of just Decide to switch my ways. Uh, I know. You know what? I, I'm, yeah, you're being yeah. too humble. You do a great job. You're a very good account. Very entertaining. No, uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Honestly, yeah. any Besiktas fan should follow this guy. He's, he's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> as for myself, you know the deal. Follow us at, at Eagles underscore podcast. Um, follow myself at Sir underscore writes a lot. Sir. Sir underscore writes underscore a lot. Whoa. Uh, and yeah, as always, <laughs> we'll be back soon. Uh, stay tuned for next episode. It should be a, a doozy. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we, we should have a really special episode coming up, so uh, make sure you don't miss that one. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully it will be better for the listeners uh, in the way that you won't be listening us talk about... <laughs> a terrible L. <laughs> Frustrating L. So <laughs> well, the, the, the good part is it, it's, it's unattached to a match. We're doing it sort of in between in that international break. So hopefully people mm -hmm. won't bring any negativity from, from elsewhere into yeah. that episode. Uh, no, but yeah, do stay tuned. We have a lot of great guests. I'll give you all the info upcoming on Twitter and all that. But um, once again, let's go, go fashion time! <laughs> Peace <Woo>! out, everyone. <laughs> stay safe. That's right. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.